Ecclesiastes chapter 3, okay, verse number 11, says this, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He's a planet eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work, work from the beginning. I shared that with you last week. So I concluded there's nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruit of their labor, for these are gifts from God. And I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him. I want to talk to you about a new beginning. A new beginning. Also, one other announcement. We, we said we were going to do this. There's a men's meeting next Saturday. There's a men's breakfast next Saturday. And uh, 9 o'clock right here at the church, okay? So guys, remember it. We'll get together. It'll last about, oh, 60 to 90 minutes, something like that. And we'll come together and have some breakfast and, and just encourage one another. 9 a.m. New beginning. You know, most people want to get to the next level. We're trying to get to the next level. There's a desire to do things better than we've ever done them before. There's a desire to learn better methods and to be more successful. And last week, I, I read this verse to you that God has planted eternity in the human heart. And you will, no doubt, you can bear witness with me. There is a natural desire or there's a natural inclination on the inside of every one of us that we were created for something beyond this world. There's, there's this innate sense that I was created for something more than getting up every single day and going through the motions and knocking myself out and then getting up the next day and doing it over and over and over again. And we, we get to have this realization, there's got to be something more. Why? Because God has planted eternity in, in our hearts. And we sense that. And that God wants us to make an eternal impact on the world that we live in. Your story, your testimony is unique. It's like no one else's. And God wants you to begin to share it with other people. God wants you to be able begin to share your faith. And that we need to get to the point that, that we are capable of leading someone in the sinner's prayer to Jesus Christ. Because there's a lot of people that I'll never meet. There's people that you rub shoulders with that only you will know. They'll never walk in that church door. Pastor Bob will never get an opportunity to, to make their acquaintance. But the Holy Spirit begins to deal with us, and God gives us that opportunity, and then we begin to share our faith, and it's very simple as we encourage people to admit that they're a sinner and to believe that Christ died and rose, uh, died on the cross for their sin, and he rose from the grave, and that we come and commit our life to Jesus Christ. It's very, very simple. But you and I... This desire to, to be better, to do better. It, we've got to admit where we are right now. We've got to admit what, what is going on in our life, and we've got to take an inventory of our life. And we must if, honestly evaluate where we are through the Word of God. Now, back in the day, and there's some of you guys that's old enough to remember this, but back in the day, if a man did whatever his wife wanted him to do, he was called henpecked. Anyone ever heard that term before? Henpecked. 
Well, there was a man and he died and he went to heaven. And he noticed there were two doors that led into heaven. Okay, now this isn't true. This isn't scriptural in any way, shape, or form. But he sees two doors. There's one door and it said henpeck men here. And another door said non-henpeck men here. There's 10 million men standing in the henpeck line. 10 million men, at least 10 million. Might have been 11 million. The line keeps going and going and going. There's one little scrawny guy standing in the non-henpeck line. So finally, some guy walks up to him and goes, I just got to find out why you're standing in this non-henpeck line. He said, I don't know. My wife told me to stand here. <laughs> we got to admit, a lot of us will not admit where we, where we are. A lot of us don't even know why we're where we are right now. But it is a product of the choices that we have made through the decisions that, that, that have influenced us or people that have influenced us in our life. But if we're going to get better, we've got to admit where we are right now. And as we move into a new year, many times we become more philosophical. Our thoughts begin to turn to the years that have passed, and we try to imagine what the future has in store for us. The first thing I want to talk to you about this morning is this. Many people are searching for that one perfect moment. Some people live their life as if there's one perfect decade, there's one perfect year, there's one perfect season, there's one perfect month, there's one perfect week, there's one perfect day, there's one perfect, perfect hour, there's one perfect minute, and many people are searching for that one perfect moment. Hollywood depicts the perfect marriage as one moment. It's the wedding day. And after that, according to Hollywood, the wedding day and the wedding night, from there it's all the way downhill. Nothing is ever going to get, that's what Hollywood says about marriage, but that's a great fallacy. But people today are living their whole life, they're waiting for the best time. They're searching for the perfect moment that's going to bring the greatest time and the greatest opportunity in their life. Now, we've heard of this idea, some of you possibly have heard this idea, deferred, deferred gratification. It's a concept where we work really hard for a season, for a time, for several years, for some future benefit. And so we're working this deferred gratification. We're working, we're saving, we're planning for the future. We're setting goals. But you cannot live your entire life just waiting for the perfect moment. That is not God's will for us. Yes, yes, it is possible to put our dreams on hold because we're working for something bigger. But you, God does not intend for you to live your life waiting for it to take off waiting for your perfect moment to come. Because God in the scripture tells us that we should enjoy the fruit of our labor. But many times we say, well, one of these days, I'll have the perfect opportunity. One of these days, I'll have the perfect job. One of these days, we'll have the perfect home that we've been dreaming of. One of these days, we'll have the perfect kids and I'll have the perfect spouse and everything will be just right. It'll be, it'll, we'll, have, we'll have just the opportunity that we can relax, or maybe we can take a, a vacation, or it'll be a perfect day when all of our bills are paid in full. It'll be a perfect time whenever, then in that perfect time, I'll start going to church every single Sunday. 
When the time gets right, I might even volunteer in the church to serve in some capacity, but I'm waiting for the perfect moment. There's some people today, and they're waiting for the perfect moment, and they say, as soon as we get to that perfect moment, pastor, we're going to start tithing, but we're waiting. We got to wait just a little bit longer. We're getting things set up just a a little bit better, and then we're going to start doing what the scripture says for us to do, but we're waiting. The problem is this, one of these days never arises because life is full of complications and the devil will see to it is this, that there will ever always be a complication, okay? Now I'm gonna say something, I don't want you to get mad at me, okay? There's some of us and we miss church so much because we're sick, we say I'm sick this Sunday and I'm sick again and I'm sick again and I'm sick again. The devil will always make sure that you're sick on Sunday. If you make it a habit of every time that you're sick, that you're going to miss church, you say, well, we don't want to catch something from someone, okay? Just stay a safe distance, okay? Don't get in anyone's face, okay? But the devil will always make sure that you're sick on Sunday morning if we use that excuse. Well, we're sick, okay? We're sick. We're waiting for the perfect time. We're waiting for the perfect time when our health is just right. But that perfect future day never arrives. Sorry if I offended anyone today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Jesus said this. He said, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The future will always be a distant date and time. And it is impossible To go to a future date and a future time unless you're on the Starship Enterprise and your name is Captain Kirk, that's not possible, okay? But we got to make the most of today. There was a man whose second wife had just left him. He told me, he said, we gave each other the best years of our life. And here was the question that pops up in my mind. Well, how about the best years of your first wife, you know? What happened to her hopes? What happened to her dreams? You see, we we get so wrapped up in our own personal hopes and dreams, we don't care about anyone else. Just as long as we get get what we want, just as long as we're satisfied, forget the next person, forget them, but everyone has got hopes and dreams today. There are people today that are searching for the best years of life. Some people would say the best years of life when our health is perfect and our body is strong, and we're attractive, and we're beautiful. There's, there are people that think the best years of life are age 45 to 50. If you're here today and you're 30 years old, you're saying that's impossibility because I can't imagine being 45 or 50. But, but listen, we say, well, in that particular framework, that'd be a magical time because we'll still be young enough We'll still be healthy enough. We'll still be wise enough. We'll have a little extra money, and then we can really do what we want. That is only a trick of the devil, where we're waiting for the perfect time. We're chasing the perfect moment. And people today have become miserable. They're looking, they're longing, they're searching, they're, they're chasing the right combination of strength and energy and vitality and youth and beauty and money and resources and power and influence and honor and prestige. And the, the, the result is this, we never enjoy our life because we're waiting for that perfect moment. Let me encourage you today, man searches for one perfect moment 
But understand this, the perfect moment has come through Jesus Christ. The perfect moment comes through Jesus Christ. There was one perfect moment in time. Last week, we celebrated the birth of Jesus. He came as a baby, born in a stable. We talked about it last week. And then he grew from that point. He grew, he lived a sinless, perfect life. At the age of 30, began a public ministry. At the age of 33, he gave his life on the cross freely for our sins. And then they laid him in a borrowed tomb. But on the third day, praise God, Jesus rose from the grave by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the perfect moment was when Jesus Christ rose from the grave. The resurrection assures me of this eternal life. The perfect moment in my life was when I knelt and accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. When I was six years old, I was at a, my dad was preaching a revival in California, Missouri, and I knelt down on a Sunday night and I accepted Christ as my Savior at the age of six years old. And Jesus came in. You say, were you perfect after that? No, I was far from, I was far from perfect, okay? <laughs> but that was the starting point. That was the beginning point, the perfect moment in my life. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says this, For God said, at just the right time I heard you, on the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. There's one perfect moment, and that's when Jesus comes into your heart. When Jesus comes into your life. We can have a new beginning in Jesus Christ. You can have a new beginning in Jesus Christ. I don't know what's happened in the past. You can have a new beginning in Jesus Christ. Because of the sin of Adam, we were all guilty. I was guilty. I deserved to pay the penalty for my sin. But Jesus took my sin, he took my shame, and he nailed it on the cross. He paid the debt for my sin by shedding his blood upon the cross, and I have a new beginning in Jesus, and I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ, and I'm not searching for the perfect moment, but rather I'm enjoying the blessings of God in my life. Every single day, folks, is a gift of God, good or bad. Every single day is a gift of God, and the Lord wants me to enjoy the blessings of God every day whether the rain comes or the sun shines, that the Lord's will is that I would enjoy every single day. And I was created to glorify God. I was created to fellowship with God. And that perfect moment is when Christ comes and we begin to have that fellowship and I begin to listen to the Lord and I begin to share my heart with the Lord. God intends for us to slow down and spend that time with him today. And there, there are those of you that have been posting uh, about reading the word of God. There are those of you that's been posting about your personal devotion with the Lord. Those things be, bless my heart. When I see what God is doing in your life, and I see how, God, how, how that you're growing in the Lord, that is what God wants us to do, to enjoy our time spent with him. We were created to, to spend time with the Lord. And so we want to slow down. We want to not only enjoy our time with the Lord, we want to enjoy the relationships that God has placed in our life. Now, my life is a, uh, it's a nonstop, when, I, when all my kids, when we get together, 
and my grandkids, we get together. It is a nonstop party, okay? There's a lot of chaos, but it's a nonstop party. And the other night, my, my youngest sister called me, and she wanted to come over and watch a Mizzou game, and it's like, are you, are you serious? You, you want to put yourself through this, okay? And, uh, of course, you know, there were, they came over, and, and there's all kinds of, of commotion, and there's all kinds of toys flying around, and there's all kinds of stuff that's happening. And I looked over at my sister. She's sitting next to me. I said, what do you think about it? It's pretty exciting. Man, we really enjoy this. We've got to take time to enjoy the blessings of the Lord. We've got to enjoy the fellowship of the Lord. We've got to enjoy the blessings of the time and the fellowship of our family and our loved ones and our friends, because this is God's will. Colossians chapter 3, verse, 20, verse 24 says this, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather for, than for people. And remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Jesus Christ. People today is searching for the one perfect moment. The one perfect moment came in Jesus Christ. And he gives us a starting point. He gives us a, a new beginning in him. But real joy comes as we begin to fulfill God's purpose in our life. Begin to, begin to find the will of God for your life. You say, what in the world is God's will for my life? Well, what are you doing right now? What are your gifts right now? What are your talents right now? If you'll begin to look around, God will use you in your gifts and your talents and your callings right now. And real joy and real contentment comes as we find our purpose in life. And we find God's purpose for our life. And find the blessing in every single assignment. Find the blessing in every single task. Find the blessing in loving your family. Find the blessing in leading your family. You say, but Pastor Bob, you know, I've got a newborn baby and that newborn baby is, is uh, dirty diapers and, and laundry and all kinds of things and all kinds of obligations. Find joy in those things. Work willingly at whatever you do today. Find joy in loving and leading your family. Find joy in fellowshipping with your fellow man. Find love and joy in the vocation that God has given you. Find joy in the job that God has opened up for you. Whatever the assignment is, he said this, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. I know that we have a lot of challenges. It's very difficult. It's, it's hard to work with difficult people. We're in difficult situations. I was talking to a brand new friend of mine, Drew. Told me he was a game warden. Man, if there's anyone that's got a hard job, it's a game warden. I just got the feeling, Drew, that a lot of people is not very happy to see you. <laughs> but yet I get the sense that he works willingly with what God has given him to do. That God wants us to do the same thing, that work willingly, that whatever we do, that we do it as unto the Lord. That whatever task, whatever assignment that God has given, that we don't see the drudgery in it that we don't see the difficulty in it, that we don't say, oh God, I can't believe I gotta do this, but we see the joy in fulfilling God's purpose for our life. <coughs> First Peter chapter three, verse 15. 
I'm getting ready to close. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says this, you must follow or you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. And get this, this is the key. Do this in a gentle and respectful way and keep your conscience clear. And then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. You see, God, life is full of so many opportunities. Life is full of, of times that we can share our story. It is, it is full of opportunities when we can share what Jesus Christ has done for us. And we need to be ready for those opportunities. We need to be ready to, to tell someone what Jesus Christ has done for us. We need to work willingly at loving and leading our family. We need to work lovingly with the people that God has put in our life, with fellow believers. We need to work willingly with our difficult neighbor whose trash keeps blowing over in our yard. And we've had a decades-long struggle with them. Listen, understand this, that Jesus died for them. And let's stop struggling with everyone. Let's stop fighting with everyone. And let's find common ground with people. And when the opportunity comes, we can share our faith in a gentle and respectful way and be considerate of other people. If God has given you a job, and God has given every one of us a job and an assignment, if God has placed you in a job, God will give you the strength, he will give you the ability, he will give you the wisdom to perform it, and to perform it well, and to be a good steward. There are people today searching for the perfect moment. There is no perfect moment. Yeah, there's one, when Jesus came. When Jesus rose from the grave, that perfect moment. And my perfect moment was when Jesus Christ came into my heart and I began to feel the Holy Spirit dealing with me as a six-year-old boy. And I knelt and accepted Christ as my personal Savior, my perfect moment. He gave me a new beginning. You have a new beginning. If you accepted Christ as your Savior, you have a new beginning. You say, Pastor Bob, I've made so many mistakes. I've done it all wrong. This is your starting point today. Here we are. We're on verge of a new year, verge of a new season. This is our time. This is our finest moment. We have a new beginning in Jesus Christ. And real joy comes as we begin to fulfill the purpose of God. This is God's will. All right, now we're going to pray this morning. We're going to close out this online portion with this prayer. And I've asked some, some of my friends to help us today, some of the guys to help us, and they're going to pass out uh, the communion this morning, and we're going to receive that in just a few moments. But let's pray. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to uh, examine your own heart. If you don't know Christ your Savior, I want you to check yourself, check where you're at with the Lord. If you need to confess your sin today, if there's things that's been going on in your life, if there's secret compartments that you've got in your life, just open yourself up to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm coming just exactly like I am and ask him to come into your heart and ask him to forgive you today. This can be a brand new time, a brand new season. So let me encourage you to do that as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today.
We thank you, Lord, for Jesus who came into our life. For Jesus who gave his life upon that cross. And God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he was raised up on the third day. And because of the resurrection, my eternal life has been sealed. And I thank you, Lord, today that Christ has come in. And my perfect moment came as a six-year-old boy when I knelt and accepted Jesus as my Savior. Help us, Lord, to learn, to grow, to become. Help us, Lord, to, to find fulfillment in whatever assignment that you've given us, whether it's loving our family and leading our family or encouraging other people. God, help us to find joy in what task or assignment that you have put before us. I pray, God, today, Lord, that you'll forgive us of our sin. Lord, if we've got things that's standing between us and you, God, if there's unconfessed sin, forgive us today. You said in your word, if we confess our sins, that you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, according to 1 John 1, 9. And Lord, today we come just as we are. Forgive us, I pray. Through Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice, through his shed blood, forgive us today. And Lord, we thank you this morning. Help us, I pray, to learn, to grow, to become the men and women, the young adults that you have us to be, to fulfill our purpose, to find joy in all that you've given us to do. We thank you, Lord, for these things right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.